What's up, everybody? Welcome to Terminal Transmissions. We've got another episode going on. Yeah, episode 11. Game of Thrones is over, so unfortunately we're not going to be able to talk about that tonight. I guess we could, but we're not going to. <laughs> what happens after this series? <laughs> um, so yeah, we're kind of just going to replace Game of Thrones with Preacher, since we both love Preacher and it's the best show. Um, and we'll just do like kind of the same kind of things that we've done with Game of Thrones every episode that Preacher comes out. Yeah. Um, so it was another awesome episode. We started off at the same scene that we ended on from the previous week with mm-hmm. um, Jesse and the angels in the diner talking about the thing that's inside Jesse. And they gave him a little bit more detail about it, but not too much. They kind of went into how essentially, you know, the typical heaven and hell have been at war for a long time, etc. And at some point, an angel and a demon got freaky. <laughs> They fell in love and they had a moment mm-hmm. and then Genesis was born, which is essentially their baby, uh, but how it's like a huge embarrassment. And so they don't even like want like the higher ups basically agreed, like, let's just keep this thing a secret and not even let like the rest of heaven and hell find out about it because everybody will want it for themselves. And it's also embarrassing. Um, so that was cool. It was really good to kind of get more backstory on, you know, the entity and also kind of see a little bit more personality from DeBlanc and uh, Fior. Mm-hmm. And then there's just some like soccer mom sitting behind them in the uh, in the diner, and she gets up and kind of like rushes out of the place. And they are like, "Oh, we got to follow her because of the reason." So they chase her out and just start like beating the shit out of her in the parking lot. <laughs> and Jesse, with no context, is like, "Oh, I got to save the day." So he like intervenes, and then she starts just like fucking him up with like superhuman strength. And um, then Fior just like shoots her in the head, and Jesse's like. Oh. why um so basically then they're like that was a seraphim which is like an angel that's here because we're not supposed to be here because we're here without permission uh and so they all go back to the hotel together where leblanc and fior are staying and she shows back up and then there's like this absurd fight scene it was like a third of the episode yeah yeah so they i kind of skipped this but in the parking lot she actually like respawns and comes back out of the diner um and so they quickly explain to jesse that angels can't die and they just reinvigorate they just have free respawns infinite free lives so then she she finds them at the hotel and meets that meets them there and then there's this huge fight scene with just like the two uh we'll call them the custodians because i don't want to go into any more book details about what they actually are but the two custodians and the seraphim and Jesse all in a huge fight and all three of the angels are just dying over and over and over and over again. And just their corpses like piling up on the floor. Uh, and it was a really, really cool fight scene. There's a point where the seraphim like punches a hole through the wall. And then a huge portion of this fight scene is filmed as the camera like pans backwards through the hole. And you yeah. can just see them like running past the hole on the other side, like falling and dying and hitting each other. And like lights keep flashing every time they reinvigorate back into the room. Uh, and it was really cool. So their goal is essentially to capture her because every time they kill her, she reappears elsewhere and then she can just keep fighting them. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they fight her to the ground and they basically have her. And then Cass shows up out of nowhere and just fucking shoots her in the head immediately. <laughs> <laughs> He just walks in the door and just blows her away like instantly. And it's super funny. And then they're like, oh man, you did the thing. So then the fight basically restarts now with Cass in the mix. And then they fight forever again. And eventually they do capture her. And I guess Fior, he uses the term uh, disarticulates, which I'm guessing means take, took her arms and legs off with a chainsaw. Yeah. So he comes like out that. of the chain, he comes out of the bathroom with a chainsaw covered in blood. So I'm guessing he chopped her arms and legs off so she can't do anything, but she's still alive. So she won't reinvigorate and can't get them. So it was a wild start. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely the most wild start to an episode yet. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like it was literally like a third of the episode. Yeah. It was like the first like 15 minutes was like just this. Uh, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was, um, it was very cool. And then like very juxtaposed, we switched to... Oh, well, well, first, okay, so they, again, are still trying to convince Jesse to give up the... To give up Genesis, and he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And he... So in the in the diner, I skipped this, too. He actually used the word to make them tell him what it was. Yeah. They weren't going to. Mm-hmm. And then when he's leaving, they're, like, coming after him, and he's like, stay away from me. And then they have to. Right. 
Again, so Jesse's just abusing his powers left and right. And it shows that even angels are oh, yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. And then after Jesse and Cass leave, Fior says, there's always the other option. Uh, and then DeBlanc is like, nah. But they don't say what it is. Right. So we're going to find out something wild <laughs> later in a couple episodes. But yeah, then so then it switches to this totally like benign scene of... Emily like coming home to her house and Tulip is waiting inside and she goes on like a weird Tulip thing about like stay away from my boyfriend and she like breaks some shit on the shelf <laughs> uh, which is weird because I feel like is Jesse actively Tulip's boyfriend yeah I feel like probably not but Tulip's going with it yeah there's some whole backstory there that they're gonna get into I'm sure <laughs> even though I guess we don't really have that many episodes left right we're more than halfway through the yeah. season already yeah it's, it's a quick approaching but so then it turns out that the thing that she broke on the wall was actually like Emily's daughter's like art project so then Tulip feels bad about it and is like I'll fix it yeah so she's like trying to glue it back together <laughs> I actually really like that exchange. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was like, definitely, it was definitely like heavily character development. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was, it was so cool because Tulip's like freaking out and and being Tulip about it, and then she like storms out, and then Emily is just like, "Fuck it, I'll just go out there. And, I'll be Tulip about it too." Yeah, and I'll just go out there and just like you know take her to task about yeah, breaking yeah. my daughter's thing. And then Tulip like, then she goes back in, and then Tulip comes like back and knocks and is like, "Hey, I'm sorry." And it was just a really cool like back and forth. Yeah, it was cool. that we hadn't really gotten to see almost anything of Emily other than you know her being like super church lady and super like giving and always willing to do stuff for other people, and then her hookup scene with the mayor. And yeah, so it was, I was about to say, and that time she fucked Miles, we saw that too. <laughs> and then yeah, so it was, it was finally like something else, like getting to see her do a little bit more character development. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, it was a great scene. Uh, and it was cool because so then Tulip does try to fix the, the art project. She's sitting there gluing it together and they kind of have a, like a little uh, interaction, which is cool. And you kind of get like a moment where you kind of see. So Emily is taking care of her daughter who's sick and you kind of see Tulip like on looking and she kind of has like a moment of like almost like longing maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she offers to babysit. Uh, and Emily's like, no, nah, that's cool. That's fine. Right. Don't need it. Don't want it. Don't talk to yourselves. Right. Uh, and Tulip says, I actually had a child once. Does that, does that count? So, and then they didn't get into that. So that's another, right. Another story arc that we'll see. Uh, but I thought one, one of my favorite things about that scene, it ties into the next scene where Emily offers Tulip a beer mm-hmm. and Tulip was like, it's 10 in the morning. So then they don't have a beer. So Emily does offer Tulip to help with church stuff. And then that's basically the end of the scene. Right. So then we cut to the next scene, Jesse and Cass are in their underwear, just hanging out. Um, <laughs> And they're washing the blood off their clothes, essentially, from right. from the angel battle. Uh, and the thing that I thought was funny is, in this scene, Jesse offers Cassidy a beer, and they both are just like, let's get some beers. <laughs> <laughs> so they're both just like sitting in the laundry room as their clothes are washing, just like fucking swilling down beers at 10 a.m. Yeah. And I just thought it was funny that they did that. Right, right. And I loved it also, because Cass is like, isn't it like 10 in the morning? Yeah, and yeah. Jesse's like, yeah. Yep. It's totally 10 in the morning. Was, I, lo- I loved it. It was, was it was really cool. Yeah. It wasn't like a super great callback joke because it was like five, less than five minutes apart. Yeah. Uh, but it was funny. So then they have like this long scene where they're kind of talking about like just nonsense, basically. It was basically just small talk. Right. Um, but there is a moment where Cassidy sees a tulip tattoo on Jesse's back and yeah. compliments it. <laughs> and Jesse's like, oh, that's that's my tulip, like blah, blah, blah. Because in the previous scenes with Cassidy and Tulip, they never exchanged names. So right. he doesn't know that. Right. Um, so that was funny. It was just a cool little scene. Again, it was just yeah. more kind of like building up their friendship. Yeah. Well, I liked it too because they were like, they both have tattoos. And obviously Jesse has a hell of a lot less than Cass does. Right. And so I love that, that, that Jesse's asking him about, or Cass is asking Jesse about like his tattoos. And then Jesse's like, what about yours? You look like like a bathroom stall. Oh yeah. You look like a wall of a bathroom. And, and Cass says, uh, I went through a phase of low impulse control. <laughs> I'm like, if right now is it low impulse right. control? Then what did he used to be like? Jesus. Getting um, tattooed. He has, what was it? Like an E and a Q? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? I wonder if we'll ever find out. Ever. I would say like nine times out of ten in, in movies and TV when people have a bunch of tattoos, you never find out what they are. Yeah, and really. you know that, that they mean something. You know that the crew, like the people who wrote the movie, like <laughs> right. intended them to have meaning. Yeah. So Unless it has like plot. Which, in it, it, which would be cool. Yeah, it would be really cool. Um, so then we have Jesse and he's outside setting up, getting ready for Sunday church. Uh, and Miles, the mayor, mayor shows up and he's freaking out oh yeah jesse doesn't know this but we saw at the end of the last episode that kim cannon blew away all those dudes from green acres with yeah. a shotgun uh so miles is freaking out about that and he's asking jesse basically for advice on how can i tell the difference 
between God speaking to me and just the voice in my head telling me what I want to hear. And Jesse being Jesse is like, you can't, you can tell, like you just can. Right. If you can't, then God's not speaking to you. Basically is what he said. Right. And Miles is like, Oh, okay. So that's going to come back into play later in the, in mm-hmm. the episode, but it was a short scene, but it was a cool scene. Yeah. Again, kind of just to show Jesse's perspective on like just God and religion that he's just considering that he's previously pretty much a villain right. and that he's using this power to just force people to do things against their will. And that he just like beats the piss out of people on like a whim, mm-hmm. but he's just like so holier than thou, and like so like God speaks through me, and everything that I say is like the truth that God says. It's a very 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 strong character building for like what Jesse actually is, right? Um, oh, and a little bit earlier in the in the episode, it, it kind of set that scene up a little bit more because the mayor is getting like texts. Or he's, oh like, yeah, yeah calls, I forgot yeah. about that. He's been he's been avoiding calls from. Uh, like the green, green anchors, anchors like yeah. they're like people have been like where did those dudes we sent have never came back yeah you know, have you heard that? from him and he has like a million voicemails and is just ignoring them yeah. Yeah, yeah i totally forgot about that but then yeah so he's freaking out about it obviously so then we cut to um eugene mm-hmm. uh and he's having a fucking weird day at school yeah so we've very obviously gotten the idea that the entire town including his family basically fucking hates him right so but then we see he's at school it you know die is scrawled on his locker so we're getting that same feeling but then a kid walks by and is like hey eugene like how's it going like and he's like what then he's at lunch and some kids ask him if they want to if he wants to sit with them at lunch and again he's like what is happening yeah this is bizarre Mm because i'm sure he's probably just made fun of and outcast like all the time yeah so then we kind of start to get a weird feeling that something bad's gonna happen yeah and that some like teen boys are like hey do you want to come see this cool thing like over here away from everybody and you know based on just like what we know about children in real life and just movie tropes you're like okay well there's something horrible is about to happen right so they like take them off into like a like a culvert like a like a sewage tunnel and they just like set off some fireworks and like check out these cool fireworks and he's just enjoying the fireworks so yeah. everyone in the town basically is just like completely flipped the script and is just like Eugene's the best now. Yeah, because they were like, I, don't I, know. Mean, I mean, basically it probably comes down to like the Tracy's stuff. Tracy's mom forgave him, and so right. everybody was like, okay, well I guess it's fine now. Yeah, I, I took it as that, and then also that everyone's like being super churchy, and right. so they're like, we have to forgive. We have now. to like turn the other cheek and blah blah blah. Yeah, because in their town, like in their high school, like it already showed the other high school kids that like now it's cool to so be like, Christian. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I took from it is like it was the couple, those two things coupled together. And so it's really cool. I actually really liked it. It was a really nice touch to the episode. Yeah, it was great, but it had a weird impact on, on uh, Eugene Mm -hmm. in that. So he's seeing this perspective of these people, which essentially are turning their perspective of him on their own. Mm -hmm. And it very much gives him a skewed perspective of what happened with Tracy's mom. Right. So he shows up at the church and he's like, I want you to undo it. He goes to Jesse and he's like, I want you to undo it. Like, I don't yeah. want her to just forgive me because you made her. Right. He doesn't obviously understand Jesse's power, but he is aware that it was unnatural. Right. And he straight up is like, it's cheating. Yeah. Like you cheated. Like you can't just make people do things that they don't want to do. And Jesse gets pissed off about it. Yeah. Jesse's like, yes, I can. Yeah. It's the word of God. I'm doing what God wants. So yeah. it doesn't matter if they are, if they have free will or not because it's God's will. Yeah. He wouldn't have given me this otherwise. Um, basically. But Eugene keeps pestering him about it. He's like, no, like, please undo it. And Jesse starts to walk away. (laughs) And then he's like, go to hell, Eugene. And you just hear some noise, some like slurping noise. And he turns around and Eugene's gone. Now, what's interesting about this is we've seen previously in the show, they went out of their way to show that Jesse's power can't make things happen that are impossible. Right. He couldn't make Cass fly Mm -hmm. and he couldn't make him like give information that he didn't have. Right. Which is interesting because Eugene doesn't have the power to just go to hell. Right, right. So they burned him up. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. And then they kind of troll you because so Eugene go to hell. Jesse turns around and Eugene's gone. And then they cut to just like a burned corpse. (laughs) And you're like, whoa, what? Really? But what it actually is, is Miles apparently listening to the voice in his head collected up all the, the corpses of the green acres people and staged a car crash and like burned all their bodies in a car, which is real dumb. Cause spoiler alert, they're full of shotgun holes. Right. Right. I was like, yeah, you didn't think that through very well. <laughs> but did to you? be fair, miles is kind of a dummy. Yeah. But all in all, it was a great episode. Fantastic it moved the episode. story along in a lot of different regards. Yeah, I did. Um, character development just from start to finish, mm-hmm. which, which I thought was great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
We didn't get any Odin, which is a disappointment because he's fucking awesome. Like right. he's a terrible, horrible, disgusting person. But Jackie Earl Haley is killing it, and the yeah. character is fucking great. And I yeah. really want to see where they go with all this. Yeah, I feel like they had to, they were like saving him up because from now on, I feel like he's going to be doing like crazy oh, shit. Yeah, he's going to be doing wild. Yeah, so they had to pump the brakes on his storyline a little bit just to make it not so crazy yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was fantastic. It, it was also a little more action packed than the last few episodes have been. Yeah. Which was a really cool turn because that's something that we hadn't really seen much of so far. We'd seen a little bit of action, you know, in the like the previous like Angel and cast scenes. But other than that, like not a hell of a lot. And th- this one, like it was really it was like a third of the episode. Yeah. And so and it was awesome. And like it never got old. And it was it was really cool. It was an interesting twist. Yeah, it didn't feel stale. Uh, even watching them just like fly around the room, like shooting each other and punching each other for like 15 minutes. Yeah. It was very well shot. It was mm-hmm. really cool. The fact that they just abused the hell out of the like reinvigoration bit was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was. I wonder like, what are the cops going to do when they find a body? That's are was, all those bodies. Yeah. I was like, what are, uh, how are they going to clean that up? How are they going to get the blood out of everything? Oh, we were just in here having a catch up party and we were just going real festive. Like, what do you say? Like, here's money. Yeah, what are the odds that like not one other person at that uh, hotel like called the cops? <laughs> yeah, there were several gunshots yeah. going on, among other things. Anyway. The, only, the only thing I could think is that maybe kind of because they have the sheriff in their pocket, they oh, like, yeah. this has to do with that thing. So just don't. <laughs> yeah, don't don't mess. Or, with or they about. might just never address it. Which yeah. whatever. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. It was cool. So I'm just wondering if they, for the most part, if the angels are human. As it's you know shown, they pretty much are. At least the other two are. Uh, right. Maybe not the seraphim. But I'm like, how if you chopped all of her legs off and stuff, or whatever you did to her, how long is she going to stay alive? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, like I feel like you don't know how human anatomy works at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. No, that's totally that's totally true. But it was cool because it showed that they are just regular like humans, like in terms of physicality, where she definitely was not. Right, right, right. Yeah, she had like some level of like invulnerability and like super strength. Yeah. Cause she was just getting punched and we've already seen that. Like Jesse's no slouch when it comes to fisticuffs and he was like punching the shit out of her for a second and she really didn't care. Yeah. She didn't care at all. And then she just totally rocked him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she like sent him flying across the room. Yeah. I I'm, I'm actually interested to see what's going on with all that. So it was really neat. Yeah. It was really good. And again, like we are kind of winding the season down a little bit. Yeah. So I'm really curious, like thinking about where the show has gone and where I know that the comic went, Mm -hmm. like what kind of sort of a story arc are they like planning on finishing this season out with? Right. Like what is going to be kind of like their crescendo in the second to last or last episode, or is it just going to be like a pilot season in which we don't really get anything super wild? Yeah, maybe. Because I feel like at this point in television and especially with AMC shows, like people expect something that just like completely fucks you up. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. And it also feels like they're being pretty tame with the budget for the most part. Like it hasn't, they haven't really done anything like wild and crazy. So I feel like they could potentially. Yeah, we'll see. I really like Fiora and DeBlanc a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're they've awesome. been, they've been really cool. I feel like I actually liked them a lot more in the show than I did in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Like their characters, I was just kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I feel like the characters that they've chosen to develop in the show, I like more than I liked them in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been interesting seeing how different everything is. Yeah. And it's, and it's really neat. I think they've kind of made Jesse less like he's a little bit more despicable in the, in the comics Mm -hmm. and he is still kind of shitty in the show, but I feel like he's more uh, like a likable antihero. Right. Right. Whereas in the the comics, he's pretty nasty. Like he's pretty much like kind of a shitty dude. Yeah. Like they, they keep going in the vein of, of making him be like, but I'm a good person now. Whereas like I never really got that from the comic. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get that vibe ever. Yeah. I got the vibe that he was just kind of like selfish. Yeah. Which I mean, he is still being selfish in the show. Right. But it's not, again, it's not like I I use the word despicable. I think is a good Mm -hmm. descriptor. Like you're still kind of like, okay, I'm still rooting for Jesse. He just needs to get his shit together. (laughs) Right. Whereas in the comics, you're kind of like, he's kind of gross. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think they've done a good job of making everyone slightly less gross. Yeah, I was, I was specifically that, like yeah. Jesse Tulip and Cass. Mm-hmm. They're they're more likable because I think that you need that for TV audiences audiences more than you do for comic books. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the same thing. Like they've dialed it back a little bit, but in a way that it's still cool and it's still edgy. Yeah. But some of the stuff in the comic book was just flat out disturbing. Yeah. And uh, and don't get me wrong, some of the stuff in the show is flat out disturbing, but they have toned it way down. Yeah. And not to like take us down some super like 
alternate like road and get us off topic. But I'm really, really curious, especially since it's being made by the same, it's, you know, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. I'm really curious to see what they do with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't really imagine that show being on TV, even, even on like, you know, like a network, like it's on Showtime or stars or something. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it's something weird. It's on one of those, like Showtime Stars, Cinemax, yeah. HBO. It's not HBO, but it's on one of those. Yeah, buckle up. So they could just go whole hog with it if they wanted to. Right. But I can't imagine that really flying as a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I don't think it would. And that comic is fucking weird. I think they would have to do a lot of the same things. I yeah. think that they would have to kind of take it a little bit in a different direction than the comics went. And I think they're going to have to di- dial back just how fucking awful everyone but like two of the characters are yeah it's like everyone in and, the and that's what i'm that's what i'm excited about it because going into preacher i was very curious as to right. how they were going to do that and they've done a phenomenal job so yeah far. they have yeah so if they can apply that same sort of like not censorship but sort of like pseudo transparent filter right right it, right um like a subtle filter to the boys i think it can be a really really badass show yeah i'm also wondering like what kind of budget they're gonna be working with because the boys has just superpowers willy-nilly yeah and i'm wondering how they're gonna do that because i know that that can get very expensive very quickly and we saw that with like heroes sometimes they would have to like really start dialing it back yeah and some of the episodes and they would show like almost no powers going on and that was fucking heroes. So it's like if they make the boys show more about the boys and right. less about the superheroes, yeah, yeah. they could probably do it pretty easily. Yeah. Like if you only have yeah. like maybe like one or two special effects shots right. per episode. Because the boys don't shoot lasers or like right. fly around. They, they just, just punch. punch. <laughs> <laughs> they just punch people to death. Yeah. They just kick people's balls up into their body. Yeah. Um, Sometimes literally. Yeah. But Spoiler um, alert. <laughs> but yeah, th- I think that the preacher has shown that it's possible yeah. and I'm very, very excited to see what I don't, I, they have done nothing for the boys, no casting, no release, sure, yeah. nothing, but I'm much more excited about it now mm-hmm. knowing what they've pulled off with preacher. Yeah. Also, it's just cool that those two are just so interested in doing these types of things. Yeah. Because, you know, we've never seen really anything except comedy from those guys. And while that's awesome, and while The Boys has some comedic elements to it. And, and, and Preacher does too. Yeah. And, they, and they've done a good job of, yeah, yeah. And they've done a great job of like pulling that out in the show. But for the most part, it's not a comedy. Right. And The Boys is definitely, for the most part, not a comedy. And so it's really cool to see that, I don't know, like just the depth there of the, of their writing ability, which I really, which I really like. And just seeing them being able to do something so varied like that. I mean, even the comedy that's in it is nothing like their normal comedy. Right. And so it's really cool. And the thing, I think the thing that I'm hopeful for is I would say that in the preacher and in the boys and a lot of those comics on the, in that vein, you know, like mm-hmm. wanted or crossed. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of it is gratuity for the sake of gratuity. Right. Like George R. R. Martin. Right. Especially shock the value on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that I, I really would like to see them not do that and still make a successful show because the concept of the boys is, is awesome. Yeah, it is very it's cool. Really, really cool. But I don't want it to just be like just horrible, horrible <laughs> shit. Just not one after the other, just for shock right. value. And, and, I, I think that the boys did a pretty good job of, of making it feel like that wasn't the case. It always felt like this world was kind of unraveling uh, and, and, and like layers were just being peeled back versus like in wanted where sometimes it was like really like, but I, I do think there was a lot of things in the boys that you didn't need to show to build this world. Sure. Sure. Like there were a lot of things that they were like, here, look at this thing. That's fucking horrible that yeah. we could have just implied and you would have gotten that the world's terrible and that right. these superheroes are villains. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So I said I didn't want to take us down like a 45 minute long rant, but you know what? (laughs) Shit happens. Right. Cool. Well, so today we read this article about the Warriors being adapted into a TV show, which is fantastic news. If you haven't seen Warriors, you need to go see the Warriors right now. And if you haven't played the Warriors video game that came out on PS2 and then later PS3, it's also just been released on PS4. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's Rockstar, right? Yeah. And it's an awesome game. Yeah. I actually, I was telling somebody today that it's been a while since I've seen the movie. For some reason, the game and the movie are very heavily blended in my head. Weird. Because I loved the game. I never got to play the game. It's really cool. That's awesome. I actually want to play it now. Yeah. It's on PS4, uh, so you should scoop it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was literally about to say, before you said that, I was going to be, I was going to say like, it sucks that I could never play it before and I don't have that console, but now I totally can. But yeah, so the Warriors is fucking rad. And if you don't know anything about it, it's 
it's fucking dope. It's this really cool story uh, that's based on like an old kind of almost like mythological tale. It's really cool. It's like a reimagining of this story of this army having to like get back home and going through like all of these enemy lands. Right. Like a gauntlet of just <laughs> other armies. Yeah. People that you don't want to fuck with. And they're like tiny They're and they're against all odds. And so that's, it's a really cool retelling of that story, but set in like mid to late seventies, New York. And it's really neat. There's a ton of different, really cool stylized gangs. Each gang is completely unique. Uh, like the baseball furies are dressed up like kiss, but they wear baseball uniforms and their like hangout is actually like a dugout and they mm-hmm. wield baseball bats. And each one is that unique. Like there's, there's all sorts, there's some that wear like roller skates and you know, there, there's some that are like Kung Fu guys. And so it's really, really cool. Anyway, there's this huge meeting of all of the gangs of New York, if you will. Uh, and they meet at this park and there's this new gang leader that is going to unite all of the gangs to take over the city. And he's assassinated, not by the warriors, but it's pinned on the warriors. Yep. And so they end up having to like flee and get back home and they have to fight different gangs in this really cool, like not super graphic, but still really like hyper violent movie. That's just the movie. And it's awesome. And it's so cool. And now they're going to make, it's very iconic. And now they're going to make a TV show out of it, which I think is just like the coolest thing that's ever happened. But what takes that to the next (laughs) level is who's making it. Yeah. So the Russo brothers are directing the pilot and then they're going to serve as producers on it, Mm -hmm. which is really, 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 really cool because they did Captain America Civil War. And before that, Captain America Warner Soldier. And they're doing the, the next two Avengers movies. Okay. Yeah. And so that's fucking dope. Yep. So we don't know yet if they're going to direct more of the episodes, but they are going to direct the pilot and then they will be producing the show. And also it's going to be executive produced by Lawrence Gordon, who was the original producer of the film. Yep. Which is, that's fucking awesome. Yep. They got a solid crew, man. <laughs> I, I was skeptical when I first just saw like Warriors TV show. I was right. like, man, that could be really bad. Right. But then it was like Russo <laughs> Brothers and I'm like, sold. Yeah. Sold. Done. Yeah, it's it's so cool. And I feel like they're going to be able to bring like a really cool cast to it, a really cool production value to it. That's going to be awesome. And I think that that kind of story could be told so well in a TV show format, just yeah. because in in the in the movie, they they fight like six or seven different gangs throughout the movie. Yeah. And like it's all separate and broken up into these different pieces. And it has all of this development going on at the same time and character development within the gang. And you finding out about inter gang activities and relations and relationships. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And so, I mean, honestly, they did a good job in the movie of making it not feel rushed or too long. But I think it would be cooler to get a little bit more detail about each of those. Yeah. And I'm very curious as to how they're going to format the show. Right. Like, is it going to be the same or, or very similar plot? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to do it in a different way? Is it going to be like one gang per episode? Yeah, that's like right, a, yeah, like that's what mon- I was thinking. Like a monster of the week, but yeah. with a gang every time. Yeah. I was thinking it could be really cool and they could even do it like 24 where it's just like a whole season and it's just like one night and it's just each episode is just a little bit of that night. That would be so fucking cool. Yeah. Cause I mean, honestly just them getting to go into more detail of the gangs uh, that alone would make me want to watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so cool. Like seeing these different gangs and they're, they're all so unique. They did such a good job of that, that each one is just like, Wow. Like, this is awesome. And it's nothing like what real gangs are like, but it's cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I'm very curious as to how heavy they're going to go with the stylization to mm-hmm. try and like sell it to like 2016 audiences. Sure. So sure. obviously have to change some stuff. There's a lot of shit that flew in the seventies that won't fly now. <laughs> right. Like right. just for instance, the main gang, just like dressing up as natives right. won't fly now. Obviously. Right. 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 So I'm very curious to see what changes they make in order to like sell it as an actual warriors reboot. Sure while not just making it the Warriors movie into a series. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited, man. I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Like I, I would imagine they'll probably take some things. Like we gotta have the baseball furies. Mm-hmm. Like that's one mm-hmm. thing that you have to just bring. Right. But Absolutely. then also like what other kind of ridiculous stylized gangs are they going to come up with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's what I would, I would like to see them make up some new ones. And I think that that would be really neat because honestly, the only two that I, even stand out to me, in my mind are the baseball furies and the riffs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they were like the Kung Fu guys yeah. and that was fucking dope. I remember that there was, the, I don't even remember their name, but the, there, there was like a girl one mm-hmm. and then there were the roller skate ones 
Um, there were the kid ones, like the orphans. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I honestly don't you know, remember. They should, get, they should get those neon head tattoo guys from the Overwatch <laughs> Soldier 76 video. That would be cool. It would be cool to see them do like a little bit of like a future kind of thing with it. Like not too far future, but just a tiny touch right. of future. I think that that would actually be dope. But it also could be cool if they do it in the 70s. Oh, like if they actually yeah. do like a, like a period piece, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I just assume naturally that it would be like current day. Rad. It might be easier to do. Mm-hmm. It might yeah. be, it might be more difficult to do it in, in current time. Just cause like you would have you, to change it so much. Yeah, yeah. If you did sort of like a dystopian, like soon future mm-hmm. or like a, like a past thing, mm-hmm. it might be easier to do than then trying to day. do like 2016. Cause I feel like it'd become Gotham. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, and I just feel like gang activity is so different than what we kind of sure imagined it as being in the seventies. Like right. that is like a joke. Mm-hmm. The warriors, the gangs is like, it's like, it's like the jets, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like West side story. They're like fucking snapping and like dancing down the street. Yeah. Whereas pretty much. now like the, it's obviously incredibly not like that. Right. Right. Um, so I mean, they, they could do it. It's, mm-hmm. it's fictional. They right. do whatever they want, but I think that it might, it might be cool to do it either in the recent past or in the near future as like sort yeah. of like a dystopian New York, like gang gang violence has like risen back up and become like this, like sort of like, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder what like the Russo brothers are going to bring from their experience with like the comic book genre. If they're going to maybe bring a little bit of that in it where it's like maybe not so hyper-realistic, which obviously the, the original warriors was right. not hyper-realistic. And so it would be cool to see them bring a, a tiny touch of not necessarily superpowers or anything like that, but just like a touch of less than realism, right. I guess that would be interesting too to, to just see like kind of over the top action, action scenes. That's like, this has no real basis in reality, right. but I'm okay with it. I think that'd be cool, but yeah, it remains to be seen. We, we don't know anything else about this, but it's going to be fucking cool. I feel like it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely anticipating that it's going to be a really, really solid show. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to get into some science stuff, as we do every week. Not really any reason for me to preface it like that, but I chose to. Um, So a thing that I wanted to talk about was a new breakthrough in exoskeleton technology, which is something that I want to talk about because while I like the idea of, you know, improving mobility for people with mobility issues, Mm -hmm. I also like the idea of being a future Superman soldier, you know. We've talked about it enough times on this podcast that listeners should know that Garrett and I are both obsessed with, like, cyberpunk robot future where we just have like internet in our brain and <laughs> robot legs <laughs> real so a very cool thing about this it's basically these guys from carnegie mellon university they developed a new exoskeleton technology for building the clutches in an exoskeleton where they weigh like zero so apparently i hadn't done a lot of reading up on exoskeletons but <laughs> apparently that's like a huge amount of where the weight comes from is the actual clutch mechanisms that are in the like the the different pieces of the exoskeleton oh okay so they basically came up with these electroadhesive clutches that weigh like 0.5 ounces a piece. So you can put like hundreds of them into one exoskeleton and essentially add like no weight to it. But they use 750 times less power and they have three times as much torque density as like a normal thing. Like the old clutch like technology that they use in exoskeletons. That's so crazy. So it's really cool. And obviously it's just like day one. Right, right. They just they just like applied this technology to exoskeletons. So mm-hmm. they used it, the the test that they've done was like an ankle. Right. Like I got this exoskeleton ankle, so I can walk hard. Um, <laughs> That's what but, you do. With it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just walk hard as fuck. Um, <laughs> he was walking really hard in the video. Yeah, yeah. There's a video on the on the article, and he's walking. He's fucking getting it. <laughs> but uh, it's really really cool. And again, like you know, obviously. I, I don't currently have mobility issues. I might later in life, but it is very cool for, for people that do have those kinds of issues. Right. Yeah. Like the, the thought of like having an actual exoskeleton that allows you to be more mobile is very, very cool. And yeah. if it doesn't weigh like 500 pounds, yeah, yeah. that's like very, that's super useful. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really, really cool and I'm excited to see where we go with it. And you know, I just want super strength. <laughs> I know it. I just want to put on a fucking Matt Damon suit and just like fly <laughs> up to space and like punch some rich people in their spirit. <laughs> yeah. I was really impressed with how unobtrusive it was. Yeah. Yeah. Really. It, it's like that. That's all of it. Like, and it has, it generates like so much power and it's tiny and like you could just pull a pant leg down over it and no one would ever know. Yeah. Whereas like normally when you see like exoskeleton setups, 
they're huge and bulky and right. like the the movements that was what most impressed me about it is normally with exoskeletal movement it never looks natural it's right, always right. like you, you you always look like the power loader from aliens <laughs> right and with this it just looked like normal movement but better yep and it's like okay well that's that's where we need to go with this then let me get an arm yeah just let me get one arm just let me get a just an exo arm just my right arm so i can just punch yeah and chop yeah. So I wanted to talk about this really cool thing. There's not too much information that I found out about it, but it's vertical farming and it's really neat. And I'd been, I'd been reading a little bit here and there about this for a few years, but this blew me away with just the facts that it was dropping on me that made it seem like it was just fantasy, but it's really cool anyway. So I'd read about vertical farming utilizing less space. And so that was always to me in the articles that I'd read a few years back the big selling point of vertical farms was, you know, that they require less space and they can be made in urban environments. That's rad too. Normal farms, traditional farms normally have to be made in the middle of nowhere. Right. And you have to have tons of land. They do away with all of this. So because they're vertical, they take less area. And then because also they're vertical, they can be built in urban areas on top of that though. So that's all I ever knew about vertical farms. But then these that I, I was reading about and watched a little video about do not use soil at all, which is just like, huh, what? Just when I read it, of, I was like, what? Just what a you? bunch of plants suspended over each other. Yeah. And I honestly, when I read it, my mind went like somewhere else. Like I thought that they had just invented some other stuff. Right. They just put it in this like paste gel cube. Yeah. I actually thought that I was like, do they put it in just some gelatin? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, but no, they don't. They, they use reusable cloth that's made from plastic, mm-hmm. recycled plastic. And so what they do with these plants is they, yeah, they stack them vertically one on top of another and they use these misters. And what happens is because they're not using soil for one, they, they're also only, so normally when you water plants, you know, the water goes into the soil. Some of it's just soaked up right then. And then some of it gets to the roots and what have you. And then some of it is going to go farther down. Right. Well, I didn't realize how much of it is lost yeah and, and it just it just goes down into like the whatever it keeps going and it, it goes down to the, other, the other dirt yeah and so dirt too this method uses 95 percent less water so not only does it conserve soil because it doesn't use any soil and you're recycling plastic and it, it conserves space yeah and space but you're also using only five percent of the normal water to grow the same amount of crops yep and then even better than that which this is just, again, it's like fantasy to me that this is even real, that it has all of these benefits because you're not using actual sunlight you only need certain types of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so you actually get to cut down on like energy needed to do any of this. And then on top of that, this method reduces like the cycle from beginning to end, from being able to plant it to being able to harvest it in half. It's just magic. Yeah, it's just magic and it's just better in every way. Yep. And it's like, we can just we can just make these like fucking anywhere. You can just plop them down in a city. You can just take factories that we don't use anymore. That one of them that they made was just like, hey, we just made it in like this like old factory thing that that we weren't using anymore. So we just had all this real estate. So we just made it into like an ab- agricultural super center, which is awesome to me. So cool. Yeah, so cool. And so it's like they're even talking about it and they even said like there's a professor at uh I think it was Columbia an Ivy League school, but he was like talking about it and he's like, This is the future. Like this is like absolutely the future. Because so much of farming, of how, how we've done farming historically, is wasteful. Right. And it, it like even the, they were even talking about even just the transportation of the product, uh, of getting what is grown from these rural areas to urban areas, that also adds to the carbon footprint, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like now we'll just be able to make the, the make the food that we eat in the urban areas that they can just be transported right down the street and eaten. Right. And so that's so cool to me and, and it's so neat. And like I said, I was just blown away by this because I'd read about this before in like popular science like five or six years ago. Right. And it was just like takes up less space. And it's like, but all these other benefits that you didn't even tell me about. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, I, I don't know how long this has been around. They, they might not have had all this other cool stuff because it was even saying like this, the misting technology thing is new. They were saying that traditionally when they did vertical farming, they had like tubs of water and they would just set the roots in right. the water. But they did the misting because it actually takes less water than that. So you're wasting even less water. So yeah, all around fucking cool. Yeah, it is really rad. 
Yeah. So I'm excited about the future of farming and food and hopefully we can make all these changes before we completely fuck the earth forever. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Like not, not trying to diverge it, uh, in this, in this area either, but, uh, let's diverge. Fuck it. (laughs) It's it's, our podcast. We do whatever the hell we want. It's true. So yeah, it's just like last week they, they managed to like grow food from stem cells. That's Mm -hmm. just like indistinguishable. Mm. They, they managed to grow meat. Yep. And it's like, this is just like cow meat and you, you could chop into it and it's just cow. Yep. And you could shop into a cow right next to it and you could not tell the difference. Take me there. I'm ready. Yeah. And that's so cool to me. It's just like we could potentially within even just maybe the next 10 years be growing food in this method, you know, of vertical farming and not wasting so much bullshit. And then at the exact same time, stop having to kill millions of animals. A yeah. Year. We can stop creating so much bullshit. <laughs> that's a yeah. cow joke. As a beef joke, guys. Yeah. Bovine. Bovine humor. Yeah, it's actually funny because uh, I was reading an article while I was looking at science stuff today mm-hmm. um, about some farmers who are working on using cloning technology to improve beef. Um, oh, really? And while that's kind of not going the direction I really want for the sure. future of food, sure. like I don't want, you know. So basically, I'll, before I get into that, I'll say what they're doing. So essentially, they are, when they find an animal that they've killed, that they've butchered, mm-hmm. that has um, a very low trim fat amount and high marbling. Mm-hmm. So you're not, wa- again, it's to reduce waste, uh, right? Because when you get an animal with a bunch of trim fat, that's essentially wasted meat. Right, right. You just cut it off. Yeah. So what they're doing is they'll find this animal that they butchered that has high marbling and low trim fat, and then they fucking clone it. <laughs> Lord. And they, yeah, yeah, they clone him, and then they breed that with another one. Right. And so then those... Because they want those genetics. So then their children then are are butchered and sold. Dang. Um, and again, I don't... It's not the direction I want food to go, but just the fact that we are trying to include better technology in food to reduce waste. Yeah. So hopefully we get to the point where we can just stop killing animals. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's yeah. the goal. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm selfish. I like meat. I was vegan for like four years um, and I stopped. But I do, uh, you know, there's some people who are, are so set in their ways that they don't want that future. Right, right. They're like, well, I just want to eat the cows forever. Right. But like, oh, yeah, there's it's, people that are like, oh, like, this is disgusting. Like, this, like, mystery meat. It's totally unsustainable, though. Right, absolutely. In the yeah. long run of humanity, keeping animals and butchering them for food on a massive, massive scale to feel, to feel you know, fuel billions and billions and billions of people is entirely unsustainable. Right. Absolutely. So even just the fact that these just, you know, farmers, these are just guys who have cows are like working on improving the technology to reduce waste and improve food is a step in the right direction. It is. Yeah. Um, So I thought that was exciting just to kind of go, you know, to go further with this topic that we're on. No, it is really cool. And yeah, any, any time that we can, we can move forward with getting humans on the right track to not just murdering the planet that is awesome to me. It is cool. And I wish that it was more awesome to a lot more people. That actually does bum me out. Like, it, it does. And I know, like, that seems like like the easiest thing to say, right? right, like right. It sounds like you're preaching the choir. But the fact of the matter is, it's not. If you talk to the vast majority of people, of course, they're like, yeah, we should, like, stop murdering the planet. But then they don't want to actually make any changes that would help us to do that. Right. And then on top of that, there are other people that just think that we can't. They're like, no, like the, we can't destroy the planet. That's hogwash. Yeah, and that's they, worse. They also think that they're this two thousand years old. <laughs> Six thousand, you idiots. Yeah. God, God, Jesus coexisted with dinosaurs. <laughs> Teach the controversy. Teach the controversy. Flat I gotta Earth. get my shirt. Flat Earth. Flat Earth. <laughs> I gotta get my Teach the controversy shirt. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so people are crazy. Technology is cool. <laughs> Vertical farms. Yeah. Back to, back to the topic at hand. So let's instant transmission over to video games real quick. That's a Dragon Ball joke. I wanted to talk about Dragon Ball Universe 2, which is coming out pretty soon. I've liked almost every Dragon Ball game that's ever come out. I've yeah. played them since like PlayStation. Like they had three Dragon Ball Z video games on PlayStation 1. Well, actually, one of them was a Dragon Ball GT game, but that's beside the point. And I've played a ton of, they, you know, those, those, uh, Budokai games, they've mm-hmm. had like a thousand of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've played the majority of them. So last year they came out with Dragon Ball Xenoverse, which was very similar to uh, all their, you know, all the games that they've come out with. But it was sort of like an alternate timeline type of deal. There were these mm-hmm. like time villains and you created your own character, which yeah. was new. You customize your own character. You played through the storyline with your own character. And I, I played the game and I liked it. It was incredibly long and it, it had some flaws. It had enough flaws that I ended up not finishing it. Yeah, same. But the cool thing about it is I've read up on Dragon Ball Universe 2 and they fixed pretty much every problem I had with the game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
So first and foremost, right off the bat, the hub city. Mm -hmm. There's a hub where you run around and you buy things and you find missions and you do stuff. And you have to basically like walk the entire time. And it it was a huge part of why I couldn't finish the game because I got so tired of walking around in this hub city. Well, they did increase the size of the hub city by a huge margin, but you, everyone, so it it can hold up to 300 players. Right. And everyone can fly now. Yeah. Which is just just are fast as fuck. Yeah. It just didn't make sense in the first game why you couldn't, because you can fly in every other part of the game. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, but you're in this place now. And And, and I mean, maybe like, it's the law in the city. You can't fly, but Don't now you that. can. And not only that, but they also give you hovercrafts in the new game. So you can just hover skateboard around the city if you want. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, which is super cool. So another problem that I had was um, the camera wasn't super great. So mm-hmm. they've added a new dynamic camera, which they're saying is much better at tracking fights. Right. So that is super exciting. They've worked on some of the other, like the fighting mechanics, like the dashes, which mm-hmm. I felt were a little bit problematic. Some of the like actual movement was a little bit not super streamlined. They've worked on that. And then another thing, which wasn't really a complaint that I had, but I think is a cool addition, is that they've given more race-specific gameplay mechanics. Right, right. So, like, for instance, if you make your character, like, a Namekian, and you go to Planet Namek, you'll be able to get into, like, secret areas and, like, find specific missions that other characters who aren't Namekian can't find. Right, which, which is, is so cool. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that's awesome. It's really, really Because in the first game, it didn't really matter what you were. Yeah, it was basically just aesthetic. Mm-hmm. But not anymore. Um, so I'm excited about it. I'll definitely pick it up. They've got me. I mean, I mean, I've been a Dragon Ball Z super fan since you know the first time I saw the first episode on like UPN at like 4 a.m. <laughs> in like 1995 or whatever. Right. But but I think it'll be really cool. And they fixed, like I said, they fixed the few concerns that I have. And I watched some gameplay. It looks great. And there's way more character customization options in this one too, which will be fun because making your own character for the Dragon Ball Z universe is yeah. is just really rad. It is. Did they did they say if there's going to be more races? Are they going to go? Um. They didn't say, but I mean, there weren't really any off the table in the first one. Yeah, that's true. Like you, any race that kind of like existed in the in the show, you could play as. Yeah, I, w- I was mainly just talking about some of like the weird, weird ones, like they just pop up every once. I in mean, a while that's that possible. Yeah, but yeah, it looks really cool graphically. It's, it's beautiful, obviously. Um, and then there were a few things that were left out of the first one that people complained about, and they added all that in too. So like um, Turles, which is the villain from Tree of Might. Mm-hmm. He wasn't playable in the first one. They added him in. Oh, right. Um, future Gohan from the Future Trunks movie. He's oh, playable. Cool. Um, and then they gave. So in the first one, for whatever reason, you're if you made a Saiyan character, mm-hmm. you couldn't go Super Saiyan three. And I think that was because in the original storyline, only Goku could. Right, right. Even Vegeta could never go Super Saiyan three. Mm-hmm. Gotenks was only able to because he was two half Saiyans. Right. Fused together, one of whom was the spawn of Goku. Right. But now, if you make a Saiyan character in the new game, you can go Super Saiyan oh, 3. Oh, rad. Which is one thing that people complained about. And you can also do the um, final Kamehameha, which oh, wow. is... So, in in the show and in the movies, uh, only Vegito and Gogeta could do that because it was a combination of Final Flash and Kamehameha, which was their two like finishers. But now, any character that's a Saiyan can learn that. Oh, rad, rad. Which is really cool. So that basically, cool. like everything about the first one that anyone complained about, they either added or changed. That's which awesome. I think is really, really cool. Because yeah, it you, is really cool. You don't see that a lot. Yeah. In games. Absolutely like, not. I'm I mean, looking at you over. I was just about to do a bit. <laughs> I was just about to do a bit. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, um, two Goku's at the same time. What would that do? <laughs> so uh, yeah. Just to touch on it for one second, so competitive rank matches have uh, been unveiled and have come out a few days ago for Overwatch, and they fucking didn't institute like a, a one character per team policy, which yep. it's so weird because the dude was just saying, like the lead designer guy was just saying in the thing the other day, like, oh, quick play, you can do whatever you want. You can even have like four maze if you want. And so that led us all to believe that, you know, and rightly so, I, I think, because it just fucking makes sense yeah. to have, you know, individual champions, heroes, whatever. But they didn't do it. They fucking didn't do it. And so it just feels like the same thing as quick play, but with like stupid shit. Yep. So it's like, here, play this thing that feels like it has more risk and less reward, but people can just pick like six Torbjorns if they want and just fuck you. Yeah. And then also, I don't know if you saw this. So if someone quits, it's not like quick play where if someone quits in the middle of a match, it'll just match make another person right in. Well, it doesn't do that in competitive play. If someone on your team quits, you just have to play one man down. 
right? Which is a huge handicap. So people keep fucking quitting willy-nilly. I've only played like seven matches, and I think every single game had at least one person. Not yeah. always on my team. People be quitting. And yeah, and so I found out today that you actually get penalized no matter what. If someone quits, even if they're on the other team, your XP gets penalized. That's probably why we weren't getting like any XP for winning. Really? Yeah. If someone quits, even if they're on the other team, if there are not 12 players in the match at the end. Everyone gets penalized? Everyone gets less XP because you didn't like play like a, a, a full thing. Like a real game? Yeah. It wasn't like the real difficulty? Yep. Wow. Yeah. And so we were we were wondering about it. Like, we, you know, even on the matches that we were winning, we were getting like Gene's amount of XP. We were getting like, it's crazy because when you lose, you lose like a fuckload of XP. You lose like an entire level. And then when you win, we were gaining like one seventeenth of a fucking level. I think it was because people were quitting. Damn. So yeah, even so, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. But anyway, I think Blizzard really fucked up on this one. All but. right, it's officially an episode of Terminal Transmissions now because we talked about Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So jumping over to Bioshock, which is if you didn't know, which there's probably no way that you could, Bioshock as a franchise is one of my favorite franchises. In video game, the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say in video game history, but that doesn't really make sense. Uh, I think it does, though. Yeah, maybe. I think it makes more sense than the world. Okay, pretend everyone, like I said, history. So anyway, uh, I love Pokemon, and I fucking love Bioshock. Those are like my two. So I love all of the Bioshocks. Right. And I know like a lot of people were real iffy on the second one. Some people were even really iffy on, on Infinite. I wasn't. I liked all three. Well, good news for me, they're going to be remastering all three and dropping them here in a couple months. So yeah, September 13th, they're going to be re-releasing all three in remastered forms, which I'm fucking jazz hands about, which is kind of crazy because Infinite only came out three years ago. Yeah. And so it's it's getting spruced up, which I mean, I guess I guess that's not too crazy because GTA 5 got, got a remaster after like, what, two years? Yeah, something like that. Like one second. Yeah. So yeah, the first game came out like nine years ago. So yeah, it's 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 gonna need it's gonna need some some love. And, and then the second one I think came out five years ago. So yeah, in addition to all of that, you also get all of the DLC. That's awesome. Yeah, all of the single player DLC, and uh, and then it also comes with like a director's commentary. What? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like that plays like as you're playing the game. I. Th- think you have to engage it i, I don't think it's right, default, right. but yeah i think it does that's i neat. think but anyway yeah it says director's commentary uh and and the best part about all of this the entire thing is 60 dollars. that's rad yeah 59.99 and then like if you have it on computer if you already own them if you already own all three mm-hmm. you just you just like get like a huge discount that's really cool. Yeah, so I'm going to be throwing $60 at the problem and just getting all three. Because it's coming to PC, Xbox One, and PS4. So I'm definitely 100% getting this, and I'm fucking jazz hands. I, I love these games. I really can't wait to play through them again. I want to see you know how, how well they, they got to spruce up Rapture. So I'm going to drop a fucking bomb right now mm-hmm. in that I've never played a single Bioshock game. Yeah, which is wild. Uh, I have watched someone else play through all three of them. And actually, I think the first one and the third one was the same person. I don't remember if the second one was him. But either way. Um, So September 13th is the day before my birthday. So I might have to just hook myself up and finally play Bioshock for the first time. That would be cool. How wild is that, though? Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy. I've, I've played the first one twice. And I only played the second one once. And then I played the, the third one, strangely, one and a half. And then I was borrowing someone's PlayStation and uh, took it back. But yeah, so I have, uh, I've never held a controller in my hand and moved a Bioshock character once for one second ever. Really wild. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, that is very weird. I, I have a strange tidbit. The first time that I ever played Bioshock, I played it with my roommate and we alternated interesting but we played the whole thing with the two of us yeah it's so, not for me yeah well i mean we like we were on the same sleep schedule we we worked together so it was just like we got to like sit down and like i'd play for like 30 minutes hand the controller over he played for 30 minutes and so an extra tidbit here is that we're going to tidbitton right now so it actually we we got like a phrase out of it that it carried on for a long we still say it sometimes that so 
because we were both playing it at the same time, we uh, we would be backseat driving anytime that we weren't playing because, you know, it's like we're invested in this, you know. And so if you've ever played Bioshock, you know, like, so you have your gun in your right hand, but you have plasmids, which are basically magical abilities in your left hand. And whichever one is synced up that you're ready to do on your left hand, it would, it would show by an actual animation on your hand. So if you have like immolate, your hand would be on fire. And if you had like lightning, lightning would be coming off of your hand. And there were, there's like an insect swarm power and there's bees on it. And so in short form, like jargon, <laughs> for for me and my roommate at the time for us to be able to like backseat drive we would say like be hands or like fire hands or like telekinesis hands and it just became like that and so later on when we watched uh heroes anyone's powers were just like that and hands, hands. healing time hands. hands yeah yeah and it was and it's so like it's still like it was just so funny because it had nothing to do with bioshock <laughs> so but what what was uh hrg's power just man hands <laughs> Yes. Glasses hands. Yep. Dad hands. Yep. Being being the coolest character in the show hands. But anyway, I love fucking Bioshock. I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'll definitely probably scoop it up if that's only a month after No Man's Sky. So I was I thinking be, about that. I might be jammed up. <laughs> I can I can take a break. They're pretty quick. They, you, you can you can play through them pretty quick. I read some article today that was like the reasons why by or the reasons why No Man's Sky like might not be as good as we hope. Like seven reasons or whatever. And I read it and it was like all bullshit. Really? Yeah. Ugh. It was just like totally subjective shit. Like the hype is too much. <laughs> it was like the hype is too much. The delays happened. Yeah. People don't understand that the game isn't multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. I read I read one today. I just I looked at it for like three seconds and it was it was kind of like that where it was like what we're probably or maybe we'll see in the next season of Game of Thrones. And it was all just like these are all just ass pulls. Right, right, right. It's like Arya is gonna be reunited with with Nymeria. Where'd you get that from? Like why? <laughs> What even made you think that? Yeah. There was like nothing in the entire anything ever that could have ever hinted at that ever. Yeah. And, and it was just shit like that. But anyway. Just yeah. like name two characters and say that they might meet in the next season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. One of them was like, Gendry's going to come back. And I was like, do you really think that? <laughs> <laughs> you got high pitched about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They forgot about him. I feel like the writers forgot about Genji. Gendry. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Same thing. Overwatch bit. So, uh, talking about some movie stuff, I just found out about this today, and I'm I'm sure that there had to have been more information about this previously, but somehow I just missed it, uh, about a new Daniel Radcliffe movie called Imperium, where he's essentially playing a young FBI agent who's going undercover and infiltrating, like, a neo-Nazi sect who's, like, planning terrorist attacks. And I watched the trailer for it, and it looks really, really good. And it's cool because I, I don't dislike Daniel Radcliffe as an actor at all. Sure. Um, I think he has a lot of potential, but he hasn't really done anything. Right. Like With a lot of depth. I mean, Harry Potter was great. Um, Horns was great. Yeah, yeah. The Woman in Black, I, I liked the movie. He, he's a good actor, but he hasn't done anything really with substance. Mm-hmm. Swiss Army Man had substance, but it's still not, you know, it's not, sure. a, it's not something like this. This movie looks really good. Yeah, it does. It looks like a really solid, interesting movie. One thing I'm really excited about is I feel like other like neo-Nazi movies in the past, like mm-hmm. American History X and Romper Stomper, I feel like in a way they kind of glorified Nazism. Sure. Yeah. Like they weren't and they didn't they weren't from the perspective of like glorifying Nazism, mm-hmm. but I feel like they did anyway. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I feel like they went way too hard into like making it like cool and right. like you know what I mean? Right, yeah. No, and absolutely. I feel like this movie's not gonna do that. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, his character seems incredibly out of his element. Right. He isn't like some super secret FBI agent, like combat man with like gun training and chop punch. Right. He's just some dorky kid who gets sucked into this. Yeah. But man, I was really impressed with the trailer and I'm really excited to see where it goes. And the cool thing is it comes out in like a month. Right. Yeah. It is really cool. And I, yeah, the, honestly, the trailer seemed like it was so suspenseful that it was like almost unnerving. Right. So I'm really excited to see what they do with it. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Again, you know, like I don't want to get my hopes up too high because it is like a very small budget independent movie. Right. And sometimes those just totally aren't good. Right. But sometimes they're like the best movie you've ever seen. Sure. Yeah. And honestly, just seeing like Daniel Radcliffe, like trying to play this character, I think will be very, very interesting. Yeah. I think he'll do a very good job of like, we'll be able to see like the both, both sides of his face of being terrified and out of his element, but then also like trying to sell it and like mm-hmm. seem like a tough guy, like yeah. Nazi who actually has these like horrible fucking opinions. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the cast is really good. Um, it's got Tony Collette in it. Burn Gorman, who was, he was Carl in Game of Thrones, but nobody knows him from that. But he was uh, Dr. Gottlieb in Pacific Rim. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like the, he was the nerdy of the two, like, 
uh, kaiju like scientists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nestor Carbonell, who I fucking love, uh, is in it. He was like the mayor in the Dark Knight movies. Oh, and uh, he is. Uh, he was in Lost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, I, I think it's going to be really cool. I'm excited. Also, Sam from True Blood is in it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Which I, I've never seen him in like anything. Yeah, other yeah. Than he, True and he Blood. was in the trailer for like a second. Oh yeah, like one one thousandth of a second. <laughs> He's probably not gonna like shape shift into a dog, man. But yeah, so it comes out in like literally like a month, a month and a week I or so. Be cool. I think it's gonna um, be really cool. Yeah, I'm glad that it, like we're finally seeing him do a whole mess of stuff. Yeah, it's really we, cool. We, we just saw Swiss Army Man like a few days ago, and mm-hmm. this is like. And inc- like the most like drastic departure you could make in a, you know w- w- movies that come out a month apart from each other. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So I wanted to talk a little bit, just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit about the Flash movie, which is coming out in 2018. So this is totally rumor, 100% rumor. But so they haven't announced who the the villain is going to be yet. But there are rumors that it's going to be the Reverse Flash. Who's Professor Zoom? And there are rumors that it's going to be Matthew McConaughey, which would be fucking bonkers. It's real. It's real interesting. Yeah, I that, that's really cool, and I I like it because they they chose a younger Flash, and Professor Zoom is older, right? You know, traditionally in the comics, his character is older, and so it, Matthew McConaughey would fit that. Plus, Matthew McConaughey can be crazy. Yeah. I, I don't like it. Really? I think it's the first comic book movie cast in a long time that I've just been like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I just cannot picture Matthew McConaughey in a comic book movie really at all. Yeah. Well, he turned down a role in Guardians too. I just can't. I can't picture it. I, don't, I, mean, I, honestly, only, I honestly hope it's not true. I just can't even imagine yeah, it. Yeah. And it totally might not happen. Like it's, this is fully just 100% rumor. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on Matthew McConaughey doing it. I know that he could do it and that he would probably do something really cool with it, but I do like the idea of doing professor zoom as a villain. Yeah. 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 I like that because really the only way that you can, you can really push flash is for the villain to have super speed. You know, he's the villain in the series, the TV series. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's like the main villain. Oh, no, I didn't Vill- know that. Villain. Um, they, they've also done like a billion speedsters already in the show. Really? Yeah, they've like made like new, I'm going to call it proprietary speedsters <laughs> just okay. for the show. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, well that makes yeah. sense though. Fawn, because Fawn is like the main villain of the show. Dang. Yeah. Okay, well that's cool. I, I didn't know that. And yeah, like, yeah, because it, it's it's true. You, you kind of have to have super speed to fight a person with super speed. Yeah. And, uh, but you also don't though. Oh yeah. You just have to have perfect plans. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just have to be in a comic book and have someone write that you can fight him. (laughs) Yeah. Because the good thing about being a comic book character is that you always have the power of plot. Right. Right. And so they can just say like, yeah, gorilla grod can just fight the flash. Yeah. And sometimes they just do stupid shit like Deathstroke cutting Wally West. Not really. Knife. Not real. Anyone, like, anyone ever beating, even other speedsters, anyone ever beating the Flash ever is not true. It's so stupid. And this is something that Garrett and I have had long, like many, many long conversations about yep. and, that we just get, and and I get it, you know, suspension of disbelief, and you actually have to have a plot development, so you can't just have Barry Allen instantly destroy everything that exists and just right. win all the time forever. Right. I get that. You can't just have Wally West be like, no, Superman, I just kill you instantly. Right. Because I'm the Flash and I'm fucking the most powerful thing that exists in this it's, universe. It's real. It's real. But I've just, I, it is it's unrealistic, I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah. I'm going to go on record and say that <laughs> the Flash himself is fine, but people beating him in a fight is, that's unrealistic. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because there's Flash powers that like, most people don't even know about. Oh yeah. Like that. He can just suck someone's momentum off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Phrasing is so important. Teach your kids. He can just slurp all of their momentum directly inside. Yeah. They can be, they can be coming at him at full speed (laughs) and they can just take it. Yeah. Yeah. He can just take it wherever he wants. Slurp it right up. And then they just fucking get totally soft. Yeah. But I always like that because people try to like argue about like the who's faster, Superman or Flash, which first and foremost, shut the fuck up. But it's like he can just make Superman stop. Yeah. He just has no speed. And it's like, okay, he's just he just hits the ground and 
He has no momentum. There was a bit in a comic really recently, and I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to paraphrase, but Flash and Superman are arguing over who's going to race to this thing. Something bad's happening, and mm-hmm. they're going to stop it. And I don't even remember if it was Barry or Wally. I don't even know which one of those is alive right now, honestly. <laughs> right. It's a little confusing. Yeah, but whoever it is, fucking Bart, Jay Garrick, I don't remember. But they're like, no, I'll go. I'm faster than you. And Superman's like, I've raced you before. And as he's just leaving Superman in the dirt, he looks back and he goes, those were for charity, Clark. <laughs> and he just, boom, <laughs> busts off and just goes and saves the day. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, cause that's real. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so real. Like Superman's fast. Don't get me wrong, but like it's the flash. Yeah. That's his thing. That's, that's yeah. his one Superman, thing. Superman sucks. <laughs> uh, even, even Marvel comics has had a comic where the flash was faster than everyone in the Marvel universe. Yeah. They, they didn't say it, but they did like some universal race, like race across the galaxy with like the fastest characters in the Marvel universe. And the winner ended up being some guy with like blonde hair and a red suit from another, like another dimension who couldn't remember who he was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then like some psychic hair or no, he was like, I can't remember who I am, but I think my name is like, it sounds like buried alien or something like that. <laughs> but yeah. So even Marvel was like, yeah, the flash is fast as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. He is. It's awesome. But yeah, I, I, I have high hopes for this movie and I think it's going to be really cool. Cool. So there we have it. Another episode. Uh, it's exciting because now that we don't have Game of Thrones to talk about, I feel like we have more space to rant about stuff. And uh, if you've made it this far, you've seen that we did just that because we went off topic on every single thing and talked about nonsense. And <laughs> yeah. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's nice to have a lot more space because we used to talk about Game of Thrones for an hour and then have 13 seconds to talk about everything else. It's true. All right. See y'all next time.